welcome to a special edition of the In the Money Players podcast. It's actually special in the sense that it's a, a mashup. We are joining forces with the Santa Anita team and the Santa Anita preview show to deliver um, one show about all the stakes on opening day. We'll open it up also to any other races anybody has a really strong opinion about. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital of the In The Money Media Network. I'm here from my home office, semi-flooded after all that crazy rain last night. We call this the Brooklyn Bunker. And uh, joined today by, by two guests. One is a man you know from the Santa Anita preview show. You know him if you've ever spent any time really at Santa Anita because, uh, you know, I think he pretty much sleeps in the boiler room there. And uh, he's a guy I always love talking racing with, talking baseball with. Was very pleased to have him as a guest, actually, at Saratoga, part of my degenerate summer camp program that we run every year up there uh, in the foothills of the Adirondacks. He is Jeff Chappie Chapman. Chappie, what's up? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, I am live at Santa Anita Park, and uh, everyone's getting ready for Christmas. We are getting ready for opening day. It's been quite crazy around here, but a good kind of crazy and I know, Pete, we were just talking off uh, air before we started that the rest of the country is get, getting bombarded with terrible weather. And I believe we're going to be about 77 degrees and sunny here in Arcadia, California. So Duke is somewhere close to me. We're enjoying the weather. Hope to see him live here on opening day. And I can't wait. Oh, that's great stuff. And yeah, I'm having some serious geographical envy. The Laurel card scheduled for the 26th. That's been moved to the 30th. New York, their break well-timed this year. All eyes on uh, Santa Anita and Gulfstream come the 26th. But of course, Santa Anita, this opening day card, it's one that I circle on the calendar every year is one to pay attention to. I'm going to be covering it on TV this year for our friends at uh, Sky Sports Racing, if you're watching this from overseas. But the other guest on this show, actually, there's another guest who's coming. He's stuck in traffic. I don't know. It's LA. Who knows? That's the, well, the price you pay for this lovely weather that you get. Jo Giorgio, Giorgio Dazar will be with us at some stage. But the man on the bottom panel, if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, we'd love to hear your thoughts on these races as well. Give us your best bet in the comments for this uh, Santa Anita opening day card and a man who's known for landing his best bets and many others. One of the, I mean, I could say this, honestly, the, he is, was the guest on the single most popular show we've ever done on the, in the money media network for his JK plus one appearance where he got into his life and background. He is a regular in the backyard at Saratoga, mm -hmm. Southern California racetracks. And you know, wherever he is, he's generally betting on his phone, professional horse player, Duke Matisse. Duke, what's up? What's up, Pete? Uh, weather's good here. I don't know what everybody's complaining about. It's, uh, <laughs> it's sunny. It's, uh, you know, in the 60s right now, and it's uh, eight, 8 in the morning. So if you can uh, get away from it, you should. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year I'll, I'll finally make it. You know, I've been to most races that I ever, you know, most of the major races in the USA I've been to, most of the major racing days. The two holdouts for me that I still need to do on the bucket list, Santa Anita opening day and Pacific Classic because of the clash with Saratoga. I've never done a Pacific Classic, but the number one on the list would be the Santa Anita opening day. Do you, or is it an annual thing for you? I know Duke, with all the tracks you bet, you don't always get to go racing as often as you want. How, how often do you get down there for this? I usually go opening day. I'm, I'm on the fence this year. Um, I got to talk to Chappie into getting me a good seat. You know, he, <laughs> he, he's got pull at that Santa Anita track. So if he can get me into a, a nice spot up there, maybe I'll, maybe I'll think about going. All right, good stuff. We we I always hold, I always hold a few things back for you know the Dukes of the world. I know he's at you know Duke's handicapping, then he's off surfing somewhere, and then he calls me 
Christmas Eve, Chappie, can you get me in? So I know the routine. So Duke, yeah. I got you covered. All right, thanks, Chap. The surfboard might be one of the few places you haven't had a haven't had a bet from, but hoping you'll get down there for opening day because there is a contest, fifteen hundred dollar live bankroll event going to be going on, and there is, and yes, you can play it, you know, through express bet first bet uh i think it's express bet that you have to play the contest on but sometimes it switches anyway check on that but if you're in person this i can guarantee you there's a five thousand dollar um bonus if you win and you're and you're on site so that's something to to pay attention to and think about as well while we wait for george i say we just dive right in and this card that hits the ground running it's kind of cool we start off with a stakes race race number one on boxing day monday december 26th is a uh, grade two we've got the santa anita mathis mile two hundred thousand in the pot and we're going of course one mile on the turf a field of seven to kick things off duke you're our special guest let's bring you in right away for your for your thoughts on this one uh, what do you like in here this race is going to depend on pace there's not not a lot of pace in here um sumter could be the controlling speed although uh last time when he sprinted he came from way back so I'm a little hesitant to pick him. Um, I don't think this is a really a grade two type field, so I'm I'm going to take a shot with a uh, with a long shot here. The horse, the two horse number the the name is one more bid. And I know he just broke his maiden last time, but this is a this is a straight three year old race, and uh, beat Olders, had trouble last time, and just ran like a like a good horse. Um, like, a, like he could be a good horse. And I don't think he's meeting much in here. He could get maybe uh, just a tracking trip and maybe just find the right spot. I love that idea. I mean, if Sumter doesn't control it on the front end on the stretch out, you could see more, one more bid maybe making the lead or at the very least just getting an absolutely beautiful trip. And, you know, that that's a pretty good price on the morning line, 10 to 1 for this rising three-year-old for whom the penny may have just dropped do you like anything to go with him, or is this more of just a speculative play? Do do uh, you know get involved with him? Well, the horses I don't like. I don't like Handy Dandy. I don't like Agatino. Um, I watched the tapes on. I'm a gambler. He didn't seem like he would be a two turn type horse. He, he ran kind of like on the wrong lead in the stretch in those races um, over there in in, uh, in Ireland, and he just didn't. He didn't seem like to me like he was a top notch. Uh, top-notch horse. Balnikov is, but Balnikov has zero speed. So if there's no pace, I can't pick Balnikov as the favorite. So that's why I went, I, I leaned on one more bid just because of the pace scenario. And I think he is the horse that's uh, coming up to his best race. I like the sound of it. Chappie, let's bring you back in for your thoughts on, on this one. How do you want to light this candle for Santa Need opening day? Okay. Like, like Duke said, I, uh, Right at the top of the page, I put not but a speed to, uh, signed on. Obviously, Sumter could be the lone F. And I do agree that this um, is not the typical grade two type of race. For that reason, I did land on Balnikoff. Um, obviously, there isn't much pace in the race. He's kind of a deep closer. But I do believe this horse, the, the, the race the last time out at Keeneland was – terrific uh i came i watched the the workout this horse came back to work on xptv on december 5th on the training track which is kind of phil damato's go-to with gregorian chant 
and absolutely handled Gregorian chant on the work. I know that's not a turf work, but that's kind of Phil's M.O. Uh, as for some of the other horses, uh, like like he said, I'm a gambler, an interesting one, something you guys won't see ever in the United States. Actually ran back-to-back -back days in August. Ran on August 27th. Well, let's try it again on August 28th, which is quite amazing. Um I wasn't too impressed there. Handy Dandy strikes me of a, of a horse that, that likes Del Mar a little bit more than Santa Anita. So Balnikoff, yes, I'm going to eat the chalk here in the first race, but I think that's clearly the horse to beat. And I would put it with Sumter just because of the, the pace scenario. Makes sense to me. I mean, if you're betting Balnikoff, you're hoping that it's the kind of once in a while you'll see these paceless races where the closers get kind of invited in and almost by default, it just turns into a sprint and then they can use their, their, their closing kick to get involved. We'll see how it plays out. If the front runners play their cards, right, it's going to be tricky for them. But uh, as we know, they don't always do that. Let's skip ahead to race number three, where we've got more grade two action in the form of the San Gabriel. We're going a mile and an eighth on the turf and a field of seven. Once again, master of Foxhounds predicted to lead the betting with Mike Smith in the irons for Phil D'Amato. Chappie, are you with or against the favorite in the San Gabriel? Well, I'm going to try to beat Master of Foxhounds. Uh, yeah, barely lost to Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong Harry last time out. Easy for you to Very say. talented. Um, I do think there is quite a bit of speed signed up in here. I'm going to go with a horse that I've been on many a time and I've needed a few scores and always comes up a little bit short, but that would be Dicey Mo Chara. Three to one on the morning line, but I think this this race is going to set up well for Dicey Mo. Uh, I think the horse to beat in here is Prince Prince Obama, who has tactical speed. Flavian Pratt jumps aboard once again and one last time out in the Hollywood Turf Cup. But I'm going to take Dicey Mo Chara from off the pace here. Duke, I'm going to leave it to you. I've got to actually send the – we are live here so we can talk out loud. I have to send the link to George who just drove uh, <laughs> via traffic problems. So go ahead and take it over, right, Duke, George. as I send George the link like as we speak. I have a tangential question for you, Duke, on a, on a horse like Prince Obama. What do you make of the mile and a half cutback to the mile and an eighth today for this runner? Obviously – uh, ran a terrific race going the mile and a half last time. Uh, do, do you think this San Gabriel distance might be too sharp for a runner like that? Or, or do you think he's a, a prime contender? I think the distance is fine for uh, Prince Obama. Um, I think a mile and a half might be, might be his, be uh, his best distance actually, but I just don't know. I don't know if he's good enough. That's the question. This field's again, is I don't, I wouldn't consider this another grade two field, but, I mean, Master of Foxhounds is definitely a proven grade two type horse. And Dicey Mochara is like, like a long distance, you know, horse. And Flashiest has lost his form. Bob and Jackie hasn't run in a while. Go on, looks overmatched. Rip City is a little cheaper. So, I, you know, I just don't know where to go. I needed Master of Foxhounds last time, who was supposed to just go out and uh, set it up for, uh, for, for Hong Kong Harry. And he, uh, he kind of just kept going. And he might do that again because I tell you what he ran a he ran a bang up race last time. So if they let him go, it, it's lights out. They're, they won't catch him. If he gets an easy lead, uh, if Rip City lets him go from the rail, he gets an easy lead. I don't think they'll catch him. The way Damato's going, Damato could win uh, with any horse in, in the last from the rail month or so. So I don't think they'll catch him. 
way the models. So I, I, I'm going to uh, probably lean on massive boxdowns, but no, uh, no major blunders, though. So, George, I think you might, we might be getting some feedback through this speaker. If you have a pair of headphones to put on, um, that would be extremely helpful. And maybe in the meantime, until you get that sorted out, you can hit uh, mute on your speakers. If you would help. Though maybe it stopped. Maybe it's okay now. George, try Thanks, George, for all the feedback, you know, while I'm talking about it. Now you're okay, George. Show up late and then you're in a... Tech problems, it's live TV. We make it happen. We make it happen. George, try to speak. Let's see if you sound okay. George, can you hear me? Maybe can you hear George, us now, George? Maybe George muted us. I Call think he George, did. Crappy. Maybe okay. I should make fun of him a little more. <laughs> we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. I think what's happening, Happy, just so you know, is I think he must might have muted the speakers, which is why he's not hearing us. Um, but he needs headphones because he's got a little bit of a delay some for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, we can. Uh, this is going to remain on YouTube, but I'll cut it out of the podcast version. Let me make a note. Thirteen minutes. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do some chopping and editing. But dude, show number one. Like, we've got. We've got things to work through. It sounds like a fairly tepid vote for number two, Master of Foxhounds for Duke in the San Gabriel. Let's move it along to the San Antonio, and Chappie will start with Duke this time, so you can see if you can work out our uh, our tech ends. And you know, you can just mute your mic if you want to talk to George while we're doing our thing. Race number six, 432 Eastern, 132 local, the scheduled post time for this grade two, San Antonio. We're going a mile and a 16th on the dirt, and we've got a six-pack going forward. Um, Country Grammar making his return to the races in this one with Frankie DeTore up, notable uh, jockey booking there for sure. Duke, what's your view of this race? Well, we got a six-pack with three Bafferts, but one is one's an also-ran Hudson Ridge. I'm not sure why he's in here. Um Again, this is going to be a pace scenario race. Hopkins should make the lead. I'm not a big Hopkins fan. I thought he was all out last time to win that uh, 2X. Um, I think the race comes down to Stiletto Boy and Country Grammar. I lean on Stiletto Boy just because I think he'll be a bigger price. I'm a little worried about the layoff uh, and Mojer coming off the layoff with this type of horse. He may not be fit enough. So a slight lean on Stiletto Boy, but Country Grammar, I'd love to see uh, Frankie Vittori in town. I'd love to see him get a win right off the bat because uh, he's a he's one of the best riders of all time. Absolutely. One of the really exciting elements of the Santa Anita meet is the depth of this jockey colony. And uh, the Tory certainly at the top of the list of the new acquisitions amongst the all the House Hall of Famers you have, as well as John Velasquez, citing uh, rider from up north in Kazushi Kamura, Japanese national riding out there as well. It's going to be fun to see. All right, let's sound check our man George O and see if we've got him uh, see if we've got him in the house. George, if you have if you have headphones, that might help with some of that little feedback, uh, but I think it might be okay. How are how are you doing first of all? You survived I'm doing uh, I'm doing great. Can you guys hear me? You sound yeah. good. Yeah, I think this works. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Uh, sorry. This is what happens when you get old guys on a show, you know, then they, they there's a lot of stuff going on. But uh, great to be on the show. Love you guys. Uh, Duke, good to see you. Good to see you, George. Uh, and uh, what an exciting uh, opening day. I can't wait. It's going to be great. I heard you guys talking a little bit about some of the uh, some of the uh, great races. Obviously, we got some spectacular races, some great promotions as well. So I'll let you uh, lead me as to where you want me to go. Excellent, excellent. We're in the midst of talking about the San Antonio, 
if you want to okay, get cool. thought on that one. But while while you get oriented and get stuff in front of you, why don't I talk about some of those uh, promotions you mentioned? I got some notes here from uh, the marketing team. There's this um, there's this one million dollar um, guaranteed payout for a single ticket in in the rainbow bet that uh, that I meant to mention. We talked before about the fifteen hundred dollar opening day handicapping challenge, five thousand dollar on track bonus. The Showviver contest is back. You can access that, and eventually there'll also be the Pick'em contest up there. SantaAnita.com slash contest is where to find all the info on that. And then if you're an express bet or first bet player, there's going to be hit and split bonus on the pick fours on opening day. So some extra opportunities to make some money, $20,000 worth of hit and splits uh, on the early pick four, the middle pick four, and the late pick four. 5000 each on the early and middle and 10000 on the late. So some cool opportunities there. And with that uh, word from our sponsors out of the way, we'll bring George back in for your thought on the, the San Antonio. Is it as simple as country grammar and stiletto boy? Or do you have any other thoughts on this one, George? Well, I certainly think country grammar is, is the one to beat. I think an interesting uh, newcomer, or, you know, even though he's four years old, is Hopkins uh, with J.J. Hernandez aboard. This is like the up-and-comer for Bob Bafford, uh, a youngster uh, who certainly looked fantastic on debut, losing to Chaz Yaz. <clears throat> but uh, I think, you know, just as an interesting six-to-one shot, Hopkins is one I'm going to be using in some of my exotics, along with country grammar. Chappie, let's bring you back in for your thought on the San Antonio. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Duke here. I, I think it's a two-horse race. That country grammar, clearly the horse to beat. You're not getting any value there. I, I'd give the other look to Stiletto Boy. Um, yeah, I, Haywood's Beach likes Santa Anita. I did watch the, the recent work uh, once again on XBTV. Wasn't as impressed as I thought I might be, so I've, I've narrowed it down to the, the same two that Duke said. Uh, Stiletto Boy, just because the price is going to be much better, and the race goes through Country Grammar and Frankie DeTori. The rubber hits the road here late in the Santa Anita opening day card of the last four races. Three of them are grade ones. We'll talk about them to uh, close out the show here. Starting off with the La Brea grade one action for the three-year-old Phillies going seven furlongs on the dirt. Eight horses going postward. 535 Eastern, 235 local. Happy, we'll keep it with you. All right. Well, uh, obviously, as Duke said earlier, this race is going to go through Bob Baffert and um, – He's got several runners in here under the stars, through the rail. Uh, this horse is going to take some play. Midnight Memories and Ganadora, by the way, just worked together last time on December 14th. Once again, you can catch that on XBTV. Midnight Memories uh, looked much the best in the morning work. I'm going to go with the price here. I'm going to go to the outside, the number eight, Awake at Midnight for Doug O'Neill. Uh, this horse, I think the turn back to one turn suits this horse very well. I like the price at eight to one. I like the outside draw. And I think the seven panels will be perfect for this horse. And with all of the Baffert signed on, I think this horse will get overlooked. So at a price, at a horse who I think is better at one turn and like Santa Anita, I'll go with Awake at Midnight. Any you want to mention to go with Chappie specifically or just all you about know, under the Stars worked with Taba last time out and worked very well. So I've got to use Under the Stars. 
Midnight Memories. And I, I give a little bit of look to Ain't Easy coming back second off of a layoff, who started off uh, first two times on the dirt, winning at open lengths with Rosario up. Rosario comes back in town, jumps on, uh, Ain't Easy, and I like the price at six to one. So I think a, a couple of the Bafferts at Ain't Easy along with Awake at Midnight. Duke, let's bring you back in for your thought on who's going to be the best of this group of three-year-old fillies. Like Chappie was saying, I spent a little time on XBTV because these horses of Baffords have been working against one another um, a couple times. Ganadora worked with Midnight Memories. I thought Midnight Memories was was best in that workout. Um, and Under the Stars worked with Midnight Memories. And one under the stars also worked with Taiba last time, which uh, Chappie mentioned, and really held his held their own uh, against Taiba. And I thought that was a really really good workout. Uh, that being said, so I, I'm I think under the stars and Midnight Memories are the two better Bafferts, and they're probably the two best horses in this race. I don't know about the trip for Under the Stars from the rail. It's a tough post going seven eighths. Uh, Pratt can obviously work out a trip, but I mean, he's got his, uh, he's got to either go or sit. And if he sits, you know, he might get covered up. So I'm probably leaning on Midnight Memories. I hate to give out favorites, but uh, Midnight Memories just seems to be, seems to be the, the right Baffert horse. And I just don't really think any of these others are, are up to the races of uh, Under the Stars and Midnight Memories. Maybe Ain't Easy if Ain't Easy went back to, uh, her race, her races back as a young, three, uh, young three-year-old. She was, she was better early on, I think, than uh, she is now. But D'Amato, again, I says, I said earlier, is hotter than hell, and uh, you know, his, he's probably not uh, entering here just to to run third. So, I'm leaning on Midnight Memories over Under the Stars and Ain't Easy. All right, four with one five for Duke in there. George has been a little in and out. I think we're just going to uh, skip ahead to race number 10, where a horse we've been talking about already on the show, Taba, the rising uh, three-year-old. I guess if I'm saying right, maybe it should be rising four-year-old at this time. I don't, I don't know what the right term is. I, I got to figure that out. But I like, I like the idea of using that that term for these late season horses about to, to for the calendar about to turn. Taba, one of the horses J.K. noted on our end of year show that he's really excited to see what he's got in uh, this race and then beyond for next year. But uh, it's a it's a field of nine and it's no no walkover for him, at least. What do you think of Taba and the rest here, Duke, in the Malibu? Taba is the obvious class of this race. If Taba runs, if Taba runs the numbers Taba has run in the past, uh, it's this race is uh, this race is all but over. I was a little worried that Taba worked with under the stars and didn't really look any better than under the stars in that workout. Mm -hmm. That worried me a little bit. So. As a, as a, uh, I am a better, so I have to uh, pick something that's a price, and I'm going to go with Nakatomi. Nakatomi soup was super impressive um, on the undercard on Breeders' Cup Day. He broke a little slow from an inside post, steadied going into the turn, and then just made a terrific move to get up and beat, I believe, a Baffert horse. I think that was uh, favored in that race. Um, he just looked like a horse that was just really really on the improve and got a decent figure a decent enough figure i think to uh maybe if taba's not on his best game might be able to get it done at a price 
Sounds like for your horizontal play, though, table will certainly figure prominently in the mix, or are you completely against? No, I'm not against Taba. I, you have to use Taba. I mean, I, I probably will bet most of my picks to Nakatomi, but I'll probably play a big exact uh, Taiba over Nakatomi. I always love that idea of trying to leverage your opinion in another pool. It's a way to get insurance that instead of hedging and, and bleeding away equity is a way to get insurance where actually if it comes in, you get properly paid when you're almost right. So I'll, I'll admire that approach. Chappie, how about your thoughts on the Malibu? Well, like Duke, you know, before I watched the work, I thought that uh, Taba was a, the stone cold lead, lead pipe lock of the week. Uh, and, you know, Taba probably wins uh, drawing off on the cutback, two for two, got tons of talent. The, the work was a little bit worrisome for me as well. Uh, and maybe that's just more of a saying under the stars is going to run huge. Had under the stars not drawn the rail, I think I would have been all over her. But um, the, a couple of horses I figured in an exacto or underneath would be Apprehend and Duke said Nakatomi, both prices. I think Apprehend on the cutback, there's going to be plenty of speed in here. We know Forbidden Kingdom is going to be absolutely winging it from the start. Um, straight No Chaser is going to show some speed from the outside. And I believe Messier is going to go as well. So I just figured it's still Taiba's race clearly to go through. And I figured Apprehend and Nakatomi underneath. Give me your phone. My phone's not working. <laughs> My phone is not working. Nothing's working. The computer's not working. The there, Chappie. You have the power to do that. I just, yeah. There okay. you go. I think we're done with George for today. He's, he's, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get struggling. that sorted out and we'll have him on another show. <laughs> we did our best. We did our best. But yeah, it's a really interesting rendition of the Malibu. And obviously, um, you know, it could portend big things for for who the big horse to step into the void with so many horses uh, retiring that that's out there i didn't prep you for this duke but just off the top of your head do you i mean do you believe that taba could be that horse to really be sort of like the the it horse the number one horse in the division going forward or would you have your eye on somebody else to to, to grab that mantle no taba's taba's a very classy horse he didn't really get he drew a one post in the breeders cup classic against Lightline. he had I thought he might run second there. It was a little disappointing he didn't run second with uh, the unfortunate uh, epicenter ups, you know, uh, pulling up in that race. So he didn't really run a terrific race going a mile and a quarter. But I mean, at races going a mile and an eighth, he's got figures that are uh, that are up there. I mean, they're they're up there, you know, in the one ten range, and that's that that that's a good racehorse. I mean, he's he's definitely the horse that could go forward this year and be. Uh, be at the top of the handicap division. I didn't think the ride did him any favors at the, in the Breeders' Cup uh, personally, but uh, you know maybe it was more the distance, and maybe I was being harsh. It's it, it happens. We can be a little rough on these jockeys from time to time. And Mikey's getting up there. You know, you got to take it easy on Mikey. He's, <laughs> he's getting up there in age. He still can produce some brilliant stuff uh, from time to time. That's that's for sure. Chappie, how about you in terms of that bigger question about a horse, any horse you're particularly looking forward to seeing run in uh, calendar year 2023? Does, does one does one leap to mind? Maybe it's even Taba. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I've always thought I've been a big fan of Taba from day one. And I think there's uh, unlimited talent there. So I think this could be the next star for Baffert. Uh, 
I'm 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 always looking for the the, the first timers, the the two year olds, the, the ones that haven't ran yet that maybe. I can get as Duke and I have talked quite often here. So I'm not going to give you a name yet because I don't have one. But uh, you know, we we watch plenty of replays, but we also watch a lot of workouts on XBTV. And sometimes you can catch something and get that price before everybody else sees it. And uh, I'm just looking to make money out of price. And I don't I don't have any particular horse in mind quite yet whatever one that pays $38 that I've singled, that will be the horse that I'm looking for. Spoken like a true a gambler, which we, which, we, which we love about, which we love about you and we love about doing these shows. We've got one more race to talk about and uh, it's a bit of a head scratcher uh, with, a, with a morning line favorite to uh, seven to two in this field of 11, the grade one American Oaks for the three-year-old Phillies, a mile and a quarter on the turf race. Number 11, to close things out, 7-Eleven Eastern, 4-Eleven local. Chappie, who do you like in the nightcap? No, this is a tough race. Uh, I can't wait to hear Dukes. I, I am strictly a West Coast guy. Now, I go, I go back and watch some of these replays, but I play only here. Um, so I don't know as much other than watching some of these races back from the horses that come in from the East Coast. So I'm going to stick with a West Coast horse. Obviously, you know, the Chad Brown horse is the horse to beat. Pratt jumps off of the Mark Glatt, Bell Street, Bridey that, that won very nicely by four and a quarter lengths here at Del Mar and, and, and jumps on the Chad Brown. I'm going to go with the rail horse, Rhea Moon, for Phil D'Amato. As we've said many a time, it's Phil D'Amato's world. We're just living in it out here. I do know that usually the East Coast horses come in here and dominate these races, but I believe that that all the more that I'm going to get a price on Rhea Moon, who is, she seems to be improving with leaps and bounds, had a little bit of trouble last time out, got shuffled back and had a very nice turn of foot late, has won nicely two races in a row, has never been off the board at Santa Anita, and I think we're going to get more than eight to one on the morning line on a Phil D'Amato. I'll take my chances with the local horse in Rhea Moon. Don't really have to twist my arm to use a Phil D'Amato runner well-drawn at double-digit odds, as much as I'm always, you know, preaching about how dangerous the East Coast turf form shipping West is. Let's bring in the cleanup hitter, Duke Matisse, to give yeah. his thoughts on the winner. Cleanup, cleanup might not be good here. This is – talk about a tough race. I mean, you could make a case for almost every horse in this race. And, and not only that, where's the pace going to be? This race is a mile and a quarter on the grass. And a lot of these races, the horse that gets the lead has a very good chance of winning. I mean, probably uh, probably wins three out, of, three out of ten, three or four out of ten of these if they get the lead in, in this kind of race. Um, who is that horse going to be? Is it going to be Sparkle Blue? Is it going to be Bell Street what is that? Brighty? Is that what the name of that is? Bell Street. Yeah. That Brighty? is Bell Street Brighty. Brighty. What's a Brighty? Like, I think it's just like a bride, but like a nickname for a bride, like Brighty. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Interesting name. <laughs> um, I just don't know where the pace is going to be. I think it's going to be Sparkle Blue. Rosario likes to do that, likes to go to the lead in these long distance races. So I definitely will be using Sparkle Blue. I will definitely be using Rhea Moon based on what Chappie said and uh, the hottest trainer on the planet. Um, I'll give you a really crazy, crazy long shot. Oakhurst. You talk, Chappie talked about California. You know, he's a California guy. These are California connections. 
the horse has been running on the East Coast, uh, Little Red Feather. Uh, it switches barns to Phil D'Amato, the hottest trainer on the planet, right? So, I mean, he doesn't, and he gets, not only that, he gets Hector Berrios, who is a tremendous uh, save ground grass rider that's come uh, kind of, for most people, come out of nowhere, but not for me. I always thought he was a really, really uh, underrated grass rider in Florida. So that horse, I just think, uh, if you're looking to play supers, tries, Look for Oakhurst to run a, a good second, third, or fourth in here and uh, just sit a rail trip because this race is so evenly matched. You got horses like Skims, who's solid. You got Salima with Chad Brown. They're all decent, but they're all about the same. There's no stick out in this race. So I, I always look for a price when, when you're going uh, in a race where there's just so many horses that are equally matched. If I were listing picks for you, does two one four sound about right, or do you like would Oakhurst more than that? Uh, I I would probably in a in a pick five or pick four sequence use a lot in here. I'd probably use one two four uh, six seven nine, which seems like a lot, but uh, you know this is the kind of strange type of race where you got to take a chance. Like I would probably take a shot in single, maybe Sparkle Blue on a few tickets, the number two. Um, but I think it's a really good betting race. It's a really good race to bet tries and supers. And, and, and I, I don't usually say that I'm not usually a try super type guy. I'm usually more exact and uh, pick four, pick five type guy. While we have you, I'm going to ask you a general handicapping question to help out the viewers and listeners, Duke. What do you make of, what tools do you use to evaluate a runner like the number six mise-en-scene when it comes to trying to evaluate that European form? Very difficult. I mean, um, I don't have speed figures for European uh, runners. So that makes it hard on me. I I think the class edge by running in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf, which obviously was, I mean, a grade one good form. top notch race and didn't get beat up too bad. They got beat, what, six lengths? Um, it's The horse has to be used just in that sense, just because this is a big drop in class. I mean, just based on that alone. So, I mean, I don't have a lot for people to uh, go off of. I think watch... Watch that replay. Um, watch or try to watch those races, those foreign races. And uh, a lot of these races are just kind of like a guessing game. You know, when you get uh, 11 evenly matched uh, fillies on growing on the grass, going 10 furlongs, it's it's uh, it's 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 a tough one. Let's get to uh, the best bets idea that Chappie, I thought this was a smart idea he had to wrap up the show to give us a chance either to underline an opinion we've already talked about or potentially bring in a race that we haven't talked about yet. Chappie, where do you want to go for that? All right. I, 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 I had said best bet. Now I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with the price play of the day that I'm okay. going to use. That works. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's one reading of best bet. I, I like that. I'm, I'm going to go to race five, which is a, a, a tough maiden special weight going a mile on the turf. Um, if you if you watch the races and watch some replays, the two horses to beat and two horses that everyone's going to bet would be the two Hawker, who had a lot of trouble last time, was down on the rail and could not get through, uh, was loaded in the stretch. And, of course, Dandy Man Shines, who comes out of some grade threes and close to run second in that race. The price play for me actually is going to be, and I believe this horse will be higher than the morning line odds, is the 10-horse smart code for Mark Glatt. Uh, first time out, 
they were given this horse a race, which Mark Glatt normally does. He's a little bit better first time on now, but this horse is a router, sprinted against a very talented Arabian lion. Now, this horse, second time out, went long on the turf, ran in the same race that Danny Manshines comes out of, runs fourth. This horse was checked early, a little bit rank, dropped all the way back to last at about the three-eighths pole, made a big run on the turn, didn't switch leads, but you could tell was very green, but also had a lot of talent. And I think this horse is going to move way up third time out, adds the blinkers here. Ten hole isn't the greatest post going a mile. And with Kyle Frey, and and I like I said, I believe Hawker, Danny Man shines, and, and the newcomer, Maltese Falcon, because Pratt jumps aboard, those three are going to take so much play that I think we're going to get a big price on Smart Code, who I think is going to and, – and had a very, very wide trip into the stretch as well. And I think this horse is going to move way up. So my price play is Smart Code in the fifth, hopefully to close out the early pick five. I like the sound of that. Duke, that was a compelling case for a long shot. From Chappie, you can answer the question any way you want, uh, but if I ask you for your best bet on the card, where does your brain go? That race is interesting, that race that Chappie was talking about. This won't be my best bet or anything, but we'll take all we can get from you. That Maltese Falcon race uh, was interesting. I watched that tape. Um, That that race, they you know how they run over there? They run in groups. Like that race was won by a horse that broke away from from a rail post. and just kind of got away. And this horse came from a, a far outside uh, group and, and beat everybody else by a lot. So I think Maltese Falcon is definitely uh, a horse to be reckoned with in there. And, and, and a crazy bomb in that race for Chappie to throw in his tries is Zio Joe. He's got a really tough post, but had a really tough, tough trip last time too. So Zio Joe might be a horse in the, in the, in the future. That might be a good bomb for people to keep an eye on. Great. I'm going to give you uh, the best play of the day. He's pro- he's, a, he's obviously a price because I would never give out a horse that would be short <laughs> odds as my best play of the day. So um, I'm going to go to race. Where the heck is it? Um, <laughs> I can I'm fill up a little if you I'm need flipping, a flipping screens here. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh go ahead. You can go ahead. What do you want to say? I was going to throw in a, you know, a quick – we were talking about some of the opening day festivities. First of all, obviously – just to remind everybody, first post is 11 a.m. And we're kind of we're doing some things honoring Flightline. We will have a Flightline print here. And from 945 to 1015, we will have a signing with John Sadler and Flavian Pratt for the print. So get out early to get in line. There isn't much time. Obviously, Flavian's on a time limit. But there will be additional prints available uh, as there's 2,000 prints. I'm not sure how many are going to go out there, but uh, as supplies last. But they're a terrific print with all six wins for Flightline. There's some other special things going on that day honoring uh, the spectacular horse who won the Malibu last year on opening day. So just Very throwing cool. it out there. I love that. Yeah, it's too bad we don't get to see uh, Flightline run a few more times. I, I think that would have been super special to see him win the Dubai race or the Saudi race, but yeah, uh, that's for another day. My best bet um, comes in race seven. And I, I gave this angle out um, uh, the last time I was on the Sanita show with uh, Tom Quigley. And this, 
this one's even better because the last time that we uh, that we took Mario Gutierrez off a horse from Doug O'Neill and we put, uh, I believe it was uh, Edwin Maldonado, I believe. The horse ran at like 13 or 14 to one ran second. Not as if people follow me, they know that I'm not um, thinking Mario Gutierrez is a very good rider. So I, I even asked Paul Redham if you, uh, I'd like to work for him because if you screw up as many times as Mario has and you still get to ride all these horses, I would love to take a job with uh, Paul Redham. And he, uh, you know, he has plenty of jobs for me to do. <laughs> So if you're listening, Paul, I, I, I would love to <laughs> You win a couple of derbies, you engender some some loyalty, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, yes. He did win two derbies, but I think I could have rode those two. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't wish so, that on four horses. Duke pulls no punches, that's for sure, which we love. So so uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this one. Yeah, I'll leave that to you, Pete. The number nine horse. This one is called uh, La Doucem Etoile. Okay. So that's the name of the horse that I'm picking. This horse uh, ran two back against Big Beauty. Now, now Big Beauty is definitely the horse to beat, especially switching to Pratt. Um, but I thought uh, La Doom Etoile ran really good that day, just right behind Big Beauty. And that's with Mario, right? And then next time goes a mile and gets, I mean, an even worse ride, if I, if I can say that. Now switches to Frankie Dettori. Now, Frankie knows how to ride the hill, I'm sure, because Frankie's used to riding up and down hills all the time. So I don't know what kind of price we're going to get here, but I think La Doom Etoile is the lock of the day. I love it. Number nine in race seven. Very, very confident words from Duke. And it sounds like you'd be playing in exotics with Big Beauty and just betting, betting win. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to beat, you know, try to, Big Beauty is definitely the horse to beat, but um, I think, uh, I think that horse could turn the tables on him uh, just with the, just with the rider switch alone. I like it. Any other thoughts on how to bet it? Um, <laughs> keep it simple. I mean, I would keep it simple, bet it to win and, and, and box it in exactly with Big Beauty. Let's there keep it simple. This has been great fun, Duke. Pleasure having you. We're going to have you a bunch more throughout 2023. Chappie, we will be doing a lot of cross-pollination between your weekend preview show and the In the Money Players podcast, guesting uh, back and forth, et cetera. Going to be a lot of fun as far as that goes. We remind folks, a lot of stuff going on. Santanita.com slash contest. That's one great link to check out. The pick uh, four, every pick four on opening day has a hit and split bonus if you're playing on Express Bet or on First Bet. We'll mention the contest, the big opening day $1,500 contest one more time as well. And if you can get out to Santa Anita, have a chance to get that signed poster and also be eligible for the $5,000 extra bonus that is available. So uh, thanks to George for his brief cameo on the show. We'll get him back. <laughs> in a more permanent way for next time. Thanks to Duke. Thanks to Chappie. Thanks to uh, Lauren and Alan Andrew and the team at Santa Anita. So much fun to work with. I'm Peter Thomas for Natal. May you win all your Santa Anita opening day photos. Happy holidays, guys. Yeah, man.